growing up in Rockford, uh, a lot of my relatives were from, where my parents were from, a lot of Chicago suburbs, and about once a month uh, in our youth, me and my siblings, we would have a rotation of who got to go to grandma's house. It was every week, gave my parents a little break, gave us a little break, and I loved it. Uh, one, I got to see my grandma, whom I love. Two, she had pets. We weren't allowed pets, so that was a blast. Uh, but three, it was grandma's rules, meaning you could do whatever you wanted. You want to eat Cheez-Its all day? You do that, right? She was so loving, she was so forgiving. For me, she was, she was Jesus Christ, a real figure of him in the world. And though young, I, I still have distinct visions of back then, of going to her house. It was a beautiful old home. On the second floor landing, I would often play with, with her cats, terrorize them a little bit, if you will. Dust would fly up and the, the sun would pierce through the old windows and you could see the dust, you know, specks flying in the air. Try to follow them with my eyes, but they disappear. I don't know why, but that memory just brings me a lot of uh, peace. My grandma, she loved the saints. She would often read me their stories when I would go to bed. I don't remember if she read this one, but one of my personal favorite saints now is, is Saint Faustina. She was born in 1905 in, in Łódź, in Poland. She died in 38. She had fantastic and miraculous visions of Christ, so much so that at the time, in years following, people thought she was quite literally insane, uh, that she should be locked up, that her, her diary that she wrote of these visions should not be published, should not be read, only to later learn uh, that Jesus did in fact appear to her. There were some beautiful things that was revealed to her. Her visions were just the mercy of God. She would see other people's souls at times, sins they've committed. She herself was in the hospital for many years, suffered great physical pain, and she would see the souls of other patients around her. And she would see if, if some were in danger as well. And so she would pray for them, pray for them in silence. She would sneak into their rooms at night and pray at their bedside. She would pray that they be converted, that they, that they go to confession. And sometimes even when praying, she would see uh, these sins on their souls as little specks of dust, if you will. And as she was praying, these, these specks would fly uh, into the air and they would fall into this massive, expansive ocean. So far, so wide, impenetrable depth. It was the ocean uh, of the Lord's overflowing love and mercy for us, his children. And how our sins, if we give them over to him, are just completely drowned, lost, and forgiven uh, in it. Many saints have said, if we knew how much the Lord loved us, uh, we would die out of fear, which is a crazy thing to think about. That's how much God loves us. And he knows that, that it's not possible for us to look him face to face, so he gave us the Eucharist, right? So we could look at him face to face in an okay way, yet still receive him fully in our hearts and our bodies. He gave us the sacrament of confession where he humbles himself in the priest to dispense his mercy and forgiveness. Now we live in a very different time than Faustina did. Her message of mercy was very time-sensitive for her. This heresy called Jansenism was running rampant uh, in Europe, all over the world, really, which basically taught that the Lord's justice triumphs over his mercy, that we're so sinful, we're so weak, we're so broken, that we don't even deserve the Lord's love. So people just didn't come to communion. They still went to church, but they weren't worthy, they thought, to receive the Lord. And although that's true in theory, um, it's certainly not true in practice and reality. The Lord wants us to receive him. This idea is actually still prevalent today in many Latin cultures like Mexico or Eastern Europe. You'll see many people still don't go to communion 
They believe in a God that is more just. It even exists here in America with our Protestant roots. However, I think the other extreme uh, is way more prevalent in our culture here. The extreme of we can commit no sins, right? That everyone is good at their core, which is true. But there's just this nicety and this relationship with God that anyone could receive communion no matter how long it's been or what they've done. I think both extremes need to be avoided, but it's healthy to think of those two and kind of see where you are in your own heart in regards to them. So brothers and sisters, I invite us together today to take these beautiful readings of forgiveness to look into our own soul and ask ourselves on one end, am I too hard on myself? Not allowing myself to be at peace in God's love for me. Do I allow God to love me? Especially in those wounded places, those places that hurt from our past or present. Do I believe that I am truly a beloved son and daughter of God? Or on the other end, am I refusing to forgive someone or to let something go from the past or whether it's the present? Do I presume God's forgiveness for me? Do I disagree with some of the church's teaching and don't have the courage to ask why, to seek the truth? Do I receive communion without having done my Easter duty of of confession at least once a year? When's the last time I went to confession? Great saints, we know John Paul II, he went to confession every week, Mother Teresa similarly. Could you imagine that? Them going to confession once a week, what did they have to confess? I, I didn't tend to a leper for long enough. They even asked Fulton Sheen once in his diocese, he heard many confessions of like cloistered nuns and sisters that just pray constantly and are beautiful brides of Christ. Obviously without revealing any matter or anything, someone asked him, what's it like to hear the confessions of nuns so regularly? He's like, well, just imagine being stoned to death by popcorn. (laughs) That's what it's like. Brothers and sisters, the ocean of mercy is real. All we have to do is but give God permission to submerge ourselves in it. Because we have to give, we have to decide, we have free will. And this could be scary, even painful for some, to let go of a grudge because it was hurt, caused us so much hurt, uh, to go to confession after so long of a time, or to simply let yourself be loved as you were perhaps never loved before in this life. My grandmother, she was so forgiving. Uh, it was a great gift and virtue she had. I messed up many times in her presence. You know, I I broke things in the house, done things I shouldn't have done. Um, And I'd be tempted to hide from her, to cower in fear. Even though I knew in my head, it'd be okay. She loves me, she would forgive me, she would teach me how to do better next time. She wouldn't hold a grudge against me. Yet still, I I feared, and so I had to get that courage uh, to go to her. And when I did, every time, you know, she kissed my head. She said, it's okay, we're gonna fix it. And this is how you're gonna do better next time. It's the same with the Lord, uh, to an infinite degree, that he yearns to forgive us, to heal us, and to dwell inside of us. The sins and atrocities we as humans can commit and do commit in this world are so grave. But oftentimes, uh, I think we could forget what we owe to God. That debt is so much greater. That he literally gave us himself and Jesus to die upon the cross for us. We don't deserve it. Yet in his divine goodness, our sins are like that speck of dust flying through the air that just land in the ocean or like a grain of sand. There's nothing to fear of giving those over to the Lord, but we must give them, as I said, 
Otherwise, those small specks, those small grains of sand, will, as that first uh, reading said, lead to great moments of destruction if we don't give them to the Lord. I'll close with an excerpt from the diary of Faustina. O Jesus, eternal truth, strengthen my feeble forces. You could do all things, Lord. I know that without you, all my efforts are in vain. O Jesus, do not hide from me, for I cannot live without you. Listen to the cry of my soul. Your mercy has not been exhausted, Lord, so have pity on my misery. Your mercy surpasses the understanding of all angels and of all people put together. And so, although it seems to me that you do not hear me, I put my trust in the ocean of your mercy, and I know that my hope will not be deceived. And the more miserable my soul is, the more I feel the ocean of God's mercy engulfing me and giving me strength and great power.